and greetings to the twelve tribes and greetings to the twelve tribes scattered abroad and Shabbat Shalom and welcome I am so blessed to be back we have had a great time in preparation because we are broadcasting to you today from a brand new location on the 45th parallel here in Salem, Oregon. And we are truly blessed. It's been an amazing, amazing adventure. I want to thank all of you, our donors out there that continue to support us and make all of this possible. We are truly, truly sustained through the generous giving and donations of you who give to this ministry. Now, I do want to make a couple of announcements before we get into the teaching today, and that is in the past, we've actually accepted donations through the PayPal platform, but we've actually now moved to push pay and we're going to be migrating all of you that have been giving to us generously through PayPal we're requesting that you actually move your giving over to the new push pay platform and that is going to be something that with will give you um, better stewardship of your resources it's more interactive you'll be able to track your giving so please go to toratothetribes.com and it is forward slash donate and you'll see how to set up a push pay account where you can give and support this great work because without you we don't have a ministry but with you we are literally reaching the 12 tribes scattered abroad and it's amazing truly amazing so today we are back in Nahum chapter 3 the return of the prophet Nahum so let's open up our scriptures today everybody and get into Nahum chapter 3 and I actually have a title for today's teaching it's called changing the content of the cup changing the content of the cup so Nahum chapter 3 and verse 1 Woe to the bloody city. It is full of lies and robbery. The plunder in it, it cannot be estimated. The noise of the whip and the noise of the rattling wheels and the snorting, the snorting horses and the jumping chariots. This is the third and climatic chapter of the prophet Nahum. This entire oracle, it's a doom oracle, and it's in, in its historical setting. It's a doom oracle that is directed toward Nineveh. Nineveh, her bloody deeds, they're going to be identified. Everything that she's done, everything that's been hidden, is now going to come forward. You can lie, you can deceive, you can be corrupt to the very core, but eventually when Yahweh brings out the wickedness and exposes it, your time is over in an instant. We are seeing the prophetic voice of Nahum in its historical context, but he has a word for us today when we are living in a parallel biblical universe with a prophetic calling on our lives as Yahweh is gathering us all from the nations. Her bloody deeds are being identified. They have come up before the very face of Yahweh. How long? How long will Yahweh suffer the wickedness that Nineveh was propagating. How long will Yahweh suffer the wickedness of Planned Parenthood and their backdoor harvesting? How long will he suffer that? Remember just a few weeks ago, 
when we were in Nahum chapter 2. And remember the words of Paul the Apostle to the Romans in chapter 2 of Romans and chapter 9 of Romans. We saw how Yahuwah, he patiently holds back his judgment. He holds back his judgment with a view of a greater display of wrath and power in the finale. He doesn't hold back his judgment because he's absent. Oh, today will be as tomorrow. No, he holds back his judgment because when he then acts, it is a greater display of his magnificence and his power. No one, no one will get away with being a bloody city forever. Planned Parenthood will not get away with their backdoor harvesting contracts forever. Though judgment may be withheld, it is coming forward and Yahweh is going to expose the corruption, the wickedness and the abominable deeds that have gone on for far too long. A bloody organization shall not go on forever. And what are we seeing today? We've got subpoenas and jail time coming right down from the White House to the conspirators, just as we had judiciousness and exile coming down on those whom Nahum was addressing this doom oracle, the words of the prophet. And he's looking for prophetic people to stand up in these days, just like Nahum, people like you, people like me, to come out of the world and to be bold and courageous and say, no, Yahuwah will not tolerate these bloody deeds any longer. Whatever time these male factors spent escaping Yahuwah's wrath, it will, it will, it will in the end come down upon them a hundredfold as Yahweh displays his awesome wrath and power which has been long in the coming. Their unrepentant hearts, and we see it in the politics, we see it in these organizations that are funded by politicians, and it was the same then as it was now. Don't you think that all the money and all the lavishness of Nineveh was funding their corruption? It was funding their wickedness. But eventually their time came nigh. And when it did, it was a climatic end. It was a climatic end. Do you realize that And in this lead up to the 2020 elections, we are in such a polarized state like unto the times just after the Civil War. Just after the time of the Civil War, before the time of the Civil War, excuse me, before the time of the Civil War. This is a time to live, but this is a time to be prophetic in your very, very calling. Because vengeance and fury shall come upon the wicked, all for the purpose, the simple purpose of magnifying the might and glory of our King. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Look at verse 3. The horseman lifts up both the bright sword and the glittering spear. And there is a multitude of the slain and a great number of bodies. And there is no end. There is no end of their bodies. They stumble and fall upon their bodies. See, now check out in the Hebrew, this is pretty cool, check out the repetition of the Hebrew word here, kavod, kavod, sometimes and often translated as glory. It's used in chapter 2, verse 9, and it's used right here in verse 3. The connector between chapter 2 verse 9 and here in verse 3 of chapter 3 is kavod isn't actually used for glory but it is used for your heaped up treasures in chapter 2 verse 9 kavod is used for your heaped up treasures in chapter 2 verse 9 but here Kavod is switched by the prophet Nahum and it's used 
for your heaped up corpses. Your heaped up corpses. This is magnificent war poetry that has never been likened unto before. The prophet Nahum switches up the Hebrew usage as the word kavod because your treasures that you have heaped up will actually result in your heaped up corpses. This is quite a macabre linguistic touch of prophetic proportions and I love the way the Bible reads. I just love it. So as we proceed realize that you are reading the most powerful war poetry of a nation ever penned in the history of mankind. And right now, the war drums are beating. The war drums are beating in this nation. You haven't seen anything yet until you see the run-up over the next 18 months to this 2020 presidential election. The war drums are beating like they haven't beaten since before the Civil War. We are in such a polarized nation, we are in such a polarized time, because there is absolute wickedness but then Yahweh is raising up a righteous remnant and drawing you out of the nations. Come out of her, my people, lest you partake. There's going to be some plagues and they're going to be coming. It's going to get insane over the next 18 months. It is going to get insane. And I'm not just talking the USA. I'm talking Australia. I'm talking Indonesia. I'm talking Brexit. I'm talking the fall of the European Union. I'm talking Somalia and how they're trying to infiltrate our politics. Nahum pens political. Nahum pens economical. Nahum pens military. Nahum pens it all. And he pens it for us in this generation as he penned it for them in that generation. And it's all Luciferic and it's sinister, those that oppose the word and might of Yahuwah. What happens when? What happens when? What happens when a nation becomes so drunk on itself, when its power is rooted in the Bohemian Grove, Rooted in the Skull and Bone Society. Rooted in the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds dynasty. That they forget the creator that made them. What happens when a nation's government practices such duplicity within and without for its own ascendancy at the toll of the everyday man? At the toll of the everyday citizen. Oh, how long, how long, how long does it say in the scriptures? Seven times Yahweh says thus, How long wilt thou refuse to humble thyself before me? How long shall this man be a snare unto us? How long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws? How long will this people provoke me? And how long will their heir, and how long believe me, for all the signs which I have showed among them? How long shall I bear this evil congregation? How long shall I bear them that murmur against me? How long will thou be drunken? Look at verse 4. It's because of the multitude of her whoring of the well-favored harlot, the mistress of witchcrafts, that brings and trains up all nations, all nations, through her whoring and family, through her very witchcrafts. What was the root of Nineveh's problem? Plain and simple, spiritual Witchcrafts, witchcrafts, luciferic reality permeated society. 
harlotry and witchcraft is usually in the Bible connected to the worship of other gods. But it can, listen, it can refer to international dealings between nations. And that is the prophetic, because that's how it affects us today. The witchcraft, the sorcery that goes on with the international dealings between nations. Like Nineveh, Washington DC and Hollywood are what? They are bloody cities of lies. And I'm not talking like bloody like how we use it back in England. I'm talking like blood. Blood. Congealed blood. What happens when? What happens when? What happens when a nation like Assyria proclaims it wants peace? When it wants war? What happens when a nation proclaims itself the safe harbor for its citizens? When in reality, it's planning their depopulation and destruction. It's called the Georgia Guidestones. Wake up. What happens when a nation denies all responsibility for an international incident which it has itself covertly brought about? Psalm 120 verse 7 it is written, I am for peace, but when I speak they are for war. The prophet Nahum was dealing with conspiracies and conspirators that abounded in Nineveh. They heaped up treasures, but their treasures became their corpses. So this gives me a great opportunity to go down a rabbi trail. I want to talk to you briefly, a little segue here, about a bunch of conspiracies that actually turned out to be true. Number one, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama were trying to rig the presidential election. That was a conspiracy that turned out to be true. Number two, while the Obama family eat organic food, they want the rest of you out there to eat GMOs and to die of cancer and dementia. Number three, nearly all the violent protesting before and after the election regarding Trump was paid for and orchestrated by the Clinton crime family and George Soros. Number four, Obama and Hillary Clinton support open borders and increased domestic terrorism. So these are a bunch of conspiracies that actually turned out to be true. But there's more. Number five, the US government wants to force vaccinate as many children as possible, increasing rates of autism, infertility, and abortions. Number six, Planned Parenthood's main goal is to increase the number of African-American abortions and sell aborted baby remains, hearts, brains, organs, for cash on the black market. Number seven, Obama, Bill Gates, and the global elite believe in genocide and depopulation as their forward agenda. And they use GMOs and vaccines to work the plan of reducing the world population by billions and billions of people over the next two decades. In fact, Bill Gates is so open about this that he spoke about it on a TED Talk. You don't have to believe my words. Check the facts for yourself. Depopulation is central to their politics. Number eight. Again, this is just a recap on a bunch of conspiracies that turned out to be true. Many of the nation's top cancer care centers are really 
death camps that breed a slow and miserable death for their patients using surgery, chemotherapy, radiation, and other dangerous experimental drugs that rarely, if ever, work. The chemicals they use were actually the chemicals used in World War I to cause death. Now they're telling you they promote life. And finally, in fact, I don't think it'll be finally because I'm kind of enjoying this little segue. Number nine, Monsanto hires and pays shills to regurgitate their propaganda as facts in order to brainwash the average American into believing GMO food is quite safe and it's beneficial for the world at large. Number 10, the Zika virus is like the flu and actually has nothing to do with mosquitoes or birth defects that the CDC and CNN are hysterically trying to propagate. It's a scam. It's a scam. It's a whole scam about inventing a vaccine for Zika and getting at least 200 million, yes, you heard me, 200 million Americans to buy and to take the vaccine so that they can then have programmable DNA and the implementation of the transhumanist replicas program. So again, shall we talk about measles? Shall we talk about measles? How about talking about Building 7? We don't want to talk about those conspiracies that turned out to be true. What about global warming? Shall we talk about that conspiracy? Climate change? It used to be global warming. But now people are getting wise. You'll notice in CNN, they don't call it global warming anymore, do they? What do they call it? Climate change. Because global warming is a complete and utter hoax. It's not caused by mankind or our actions. The Earth is actually at the beginning of a long and slow cooling trend. Thousands, thousands of scientists have now declared catastrophic man-made global, global warming to be a complete and utter hoax and lie based upon zero scientific evidence. So what happened? What happened then? The mass media spread a great lie across the TV news, newspapers, magazines, and the internet, and most Americans, they bought into it. But the statistic is totally fabricated. Most Americans now believe that 99% of scientists, well, they believe in global warming. 99% of scientists even though the statistic is actually totally fabricated. It's warped, it's skewed, and it comes directly from a study where only 75 cherry-picked scientists were interviewed. See, people don't dig deeper than the propaganda that CNN and the fake news spews out. So again, Nineveh, the prophet Nahum, he was unearthing conspiracies that turned out to be true. Let's talk about just a few more before we get into the text, because it's time to wake up, because the time is nigh. There was a conspiracy once that turned out to be true. The FBI poisoned alcohol during prohibition. That was a conspiracy, but it turned out to be true. How about the Gulf of Tonkin? Turned out to be true. How about the fascist plot to overthrow the US government in 1933? Turned out to be true. How about the CIA had Naria al-Sabah bear false witness? Turned out to be true. How about Operation Mockingbird? Turned out to be true. 
about when asbestos manufacturers said, it's completely safe? And people said, no, I don't think it is. I think it's, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. It turned out to be true. How about when the FBI sought to neutralize civil rights activists? Oh, no, they wouldn't do such. Turned out to be true. How about when Scientologists plan to have Paulette Cooper committed? No, they didn't. Turned out to be true. How about the U.S. Joint Chiefs of Staff plan to terrorize the U.S. populace? Turned out to be true. How about the CIA? They've got a heart attack gun. Oh, don't be silly. That's the thing of Marvel comic book. Turned out to be true. Oh, yes. And one last one. How about Bernie Sanders stripping down topless for the Russians in the 1980s? It had nothing to do with him wearing a wire. Of course no. Not at all. Selling his secrets and selling his soul and the future soul of America turned out to be true. Conspiracy theorists. So the gullible, the gullible, they always run towards those powers who they believe have the solutions to their problems. It's always the gullible that run to the powers who believe they have the solutions to their problems. The rich entice us. The powerful, they lure us. The important, well, they just dazzle us with their star power. Beware, O oh man, when you take refuge in this world and its powers. Beware that you don't make a league that's not of Yahweh's spirit. Beware, beware. Isaiah 30, verse 1, it is written, Woe to the rebellious children, saith Yahweh, that take counsel, but not of me, that cover with a covering, but it's not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, that walk and go down back into Egypt, the world. Don't make a league with the world. Don't make a league with the Luciferic realm. And if you are lured, you're lured as if you took up with a whore. You're lured just as a whore lures her John into a fragrant lair. Has the world done that to somebody you know? Do you know somebody that's been lured back into the world? Proverbs 7 verse 27, it is written, her house, it's the way to hell. Going down to the chambers of death. Look at verse 5 of Nahum. Verse 5 of Nahum. Behold, I am against you, says Yahweh Savot, and I will lift up your skirts upon your face. And I will show the nations your nakedness. I can't wait for the day when they lift up Bernie Sanders' skirt. And don't think that he's not cross-dressing in the evenings. I'm going to lift up his skirt. They're going to lift up Obama's skirt. They're going to lift up all their skirts. Don't think Bill Clinton isn't running around in a skirt on a Friday night. I will lift up your skirts upon your face. And I will show the nations your nakedness and the kingdoms your shame. You see, the beauty that was America. I mean, I came here from another country, as you all know. But the beauty, in, in, just in the 25 years that I've been here, the beauty that was America, that was prophetically, historically, Assyria, the beauty that was Nineveh, Assyria, it turned out the prophet Nahum saw. It turned out sordid. It turned out ugly, didn't it? The beauty that was America. Many of you grew up in great states like Texas, Oklahoma, in those Bible Belt regions, maybe Alaska, even the Pacific Northwest. The beauty 
They are literally importing immigrants. And guess what? I can say that because I also am a legal immigrant. I used to be illegal. I used to be an illegal immigrant. Do you know what I did? I went back to London. I went to the US Embassy. I got my papers in order. I paid the price for my mistakes. And I came back and did it properly. And I have been blessed. So I can talk about these things because I've been through these things. But the beauty that was is no more. Look at verse 6. And I will cast abominable filth upon you. I will make you as a fool. And I will set you as a spectacle. And it shall come to pass that all that they that look upon you shall flee from you and say, Nineveh is laid waste. Who will wail for her? Where shall I seek comforters for you? Where, where, where? In chapter 2 of Nineveh, in chapter 2 of Nahum, excuse me, we saw Nineveh was cast as a lion deprived of her prey. But here, here, she's not a lion deprived of her prey. She is cast as a harlot shamed and exposed. Now she's shown for what she truly, truly is. She's a drunk, she's weak, and she is dazed. Where's America? Where is America? Where is Europe? Where is Australia? Where are these nations that used to stand? Are they drunk? Are they weak? Are they dazed? Because verse 6 in reality, it's a taunt song. It's a taunt song. America, like Nineveh, has become too intoxicated to move herself. She's become so intoxicating, her mouth, I know this, but her mouth is filling up with vomit. Her own vomit. Her body breathes automatically, so people take no notice. Oh, she's fine. Oh, she's fine. She may even try to hold her breath for a while to prevent the inevitable, to prevent the inevitable. But she will start breathing again eventually, won't she? Oh, yes, yeah, she will start breathing again eventually. And as her body tries to continue breathing, the vomit is going to get sucked down into her lungs, blocking the very oxygen supply. Essentially, America, Nineveh, is drowning in her own vomit. You spew it up for 40 years, you're eventually going to suck it back down. That's what happened to Nineveh. That's what this prophetic message is about. Oh, that's crass math. Oh, it's too much for my sensitive ears. Well, go back to church. Go bury your head in the sand. This is prophecy. This is the prophetic voice. Nahum speaking to the nations. Then and here, because Yahweh's word is powerful as a two-edged sword. It's historical, it's prophetical, and it is going into our lives today to make us alert of our surroundings. Because he's gathering you out from the nations to hear the clarion call of the 12 tribes that are scattered abroad are being brought in. Look at verse 8. This is so exciting. Are you better than Thebes that sat by the Nile with water around her? She had a rampant at the sea. The water was her very wall. You see, Nineveh relied upon her strength. Nineveh, her security was within her ramparts, within her moats within her rivers, within her waterways. Oh, they are my very protection. I am a fortress. I'm untouchable. But Thebes had them too. Thebes had them too. You see, 
when nations rely on their outward fortifications, when people, you and I, rely on our flesh, our outward fortifications, guarding the approaches to our very life, we'll fail to comprehend the might of Yahuwah. It's only when we realize that our flesh will fail us, that our moats and ramparts and walls of how we keep people away will fail us. That is when we experience the might and the power of Yahuwah. It's supernatural. Thank you. Nineveh essentially declared, well, it can never happen to me. It can never, look, look at my treasures. Treasures turned out to be her heaped up corpses. It can always happen to the mighty. It can always happen to the proud unless you rely on the might and power and strength of Yahuwah in your life. But Nahum responds in verse 11 with this amazing, remember I said this is the most amazing prophetic war poetry ever, ever, ever written. And he responds in verse 11 with this rep repetitious phrase in the Hebrew. And I love it. Gam atar. Gam atar. It's a very strange phrase. Gam atar. Gam atar. Even you. Yes, even you. Gimel. Mem sofit. Aleph tav hey. Gimel. Mem sofit. Aleph tav hey. What does this mean? Human might is nothing before the wrath of Yahuwah. Human might is nothing before the wrath of Yahuwah. False security and folly of the nations, even Nineveh and Assyria, America and Europe, their strength fails them and the folly of the nations that think that they can preserve themselves in the midst of a sea of change of human history. Because Yahweh is the one who sits sovereign over human history and his end purposes will be fulfilled. He is before human history and at the end and close and prophetic climactic end of human history. And there is your hope. There is my hope. And the heathen rails because they're trying to change what cannot be changed. Because it has been set from before the foundations of the world. Thebes fell. The Assyrian Empire it fell. The Persian Empire, it fell. The Roman Empire, what happened to the Roman Empire? It fell. Even the Caliphate, it fell. The Mongol Empire, it fell. There is no hiding place from Yahuwah. There is no defense against his kindled, kindled, excuse me, anger. Now, there's six ingredients to empire crumbling. See if we're mixing that recipe up today. Six ingredients for empire crumbling. Number one, assassination and persecution. Assassination and persecution. Number two, abuse of power. Number three, economic turbulence. Number four, decay from within. Number five, a decline in morals and values. The destruction of family. And finally, public health. Do we have those ingredients being mixed up in a cup for us? Do we? Carthage became a hotbed of sexual perversion. The men became so feminized 
that when the barbarians came, they had no stomach to fight. Carthage ended up influencing Rome, which eventually fell to the barbarian tribes in 410 of the Common Era because the men became so feminized they didn't have the strength to fight. The morals and values that kept the Roman legions together and thus the empire could not be maintained towards the end of the empire. Can you imagine today in America if there was a draft into the military? Can you imagine? Oh! Can you imagine society? Oh! That's a gun! Oh. Right? Can you imagine the chaos on the streets? Good grief. The dramatic increase of divorce undermines the institution of family. Crimes of violence made the streets of the larger cities unsafe. These are the ingredients to empire crumbling. Even during Pax Romana, there were 32,000 prostitutes in Rome. Kind of like New York City, San Francisco, and L.A. Verse 9, Ethiopia and Egypt, they were her strength. And it was unlimited. Put and Luvim, well, they were your helpers. Yet she was carried away. She went into captivity. Her young children also were dashed in pieces. That's what Planned Parenthood is doing. The very same things laid out in the streets. And they cast lots for her honorable men. And all her great men were bound in chains. Even you, verse 11, even you also shall be drunk. Even you. There's the repeti repetitious phrase. Gamata, gamata, even you, even you shall be in hiding. You also shall seek strength because of the enemy. You see, all nations, even the chosen nation, of his people are forced to drink Yahweh's cup of wrath when they defy his lordship. Which brings me to the title of this closing chapter of Nahum chapter 3. Look at Psalm 75 verse 8 where it is written, For the hand of Yahweh in his very hand there is a cup. There is a cup in the hand of Yahweh and the wine is red, it is full of mixture. And he poureth out the same, but the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out, and they shall drink them. That cup appears later. In Revelation, in the Apocalypse, in the 14th chapter, in the 10th verse, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of Elohim which is poured out without mixture into a cup, and it is a cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the blessed Lamb. What does this mean? There is no hiding from Yahweh's cup of wrath. Can we all agree? There is no hiding from Yahweh's cup of wrath. You can call the rocks to fall on you and Yahweh will find you out. You can be buried deep within the rocks of the Midwest and Yahweh will find you out. You can hide under that airport. What's that airport? It's all a cult. Colorado. Denver, right? You can go underneath all of those tunnels. To all of your gods that you think are going to protect you. And he'll find you. Because they've stationed all of their gods and their whole new world order planned around their bunkers. And they think that they will escape Yahweh's wrath. But there is no hiding from Yahweh's cap of wrath. Not back then. 
and not now. Unless, unless what? Unless Yahuwah changes the equation. And here is the title of this week's message. There is no hiding from Yahuwah's cup of wrath unless Yahuwah changes the equation. You're all going to die. Every single one of you is going to die unless Yahuwah changes the equation. The cup of wrath shall be poured out and the whole of mankind shall drink of its dregs unless even you, Levi, unless Yahuwah changes the equation. Mark chapter 2 verse 22. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine doth burst the bottles. The wine is spilled, and the bottles will be marred. But new wine, where's it going to be put? It's got to be put in new bottles or skins. Because they didn't use bottles back then. They used skins. What are you made of? skins that new wine's got to be put in new skins yahuwah has got to change the equation for anybody to be able to get through this alive that's the only way for all of you have done wickedness for you've all sinned and like paul says and like i say i am the chief of sinners yahusha alone yahusha alone can change the content of the cup. Yahusha alone can change the content of the cup. And he's changed the content of my cup. He's changed the content of your cup. And because he's changed the content of our cup, he's changed the equation we have life. That's the only reason. He's changed the content of the cup into new wine of the Malkitzedic priesthood. Because as the Malkitzedic high priest, he drank of the old cup, the cup of Yahweh's wrath and indignation. John chapter 18, verse 11. And here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. You've got to grasp this. To live a sanctified life in a sick and twisted world. To be prophetically powerful as there is war, chaos, and hell going to be unleashed on this world. Yahweh's going to raise you up. He's going to pull you out of the nation. He's going to get people to come around you, support you in prayer. And you are all going to go out and be that voice in your community to change the world. Because here's the kicker. If you don't, if you decide to stay in a religious system of syncretism outside of the Malkitzedic order, you are drinking the old cup of familiarity, the old cup of syncretism and paganism, and you will die. And the wrath of Yahweh will be poured out upon a sick and twisted generation that is unrepentant. Yet... If you migrate into the Levitical book of the law Torah system, you become messianic or you maybe go into messianic Judaism, you are still drinking from an old cup in a broken priesthood. It will not transform your life. Transference and transformance only happens, Hebrews chapter 7, through Melchizedek. It's the only way. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 9, it is written, a broken priesthood is broken. There's a broken priesthood that could not make him that did the service perfect. As pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances, imposed on them until the time 
of reformation. I've had my time of reformation. You've had your time of reformation. We've gone into the waters of immersion and come out transformed into a higher calling. It's the Melchizedek anointing and gathering is upon the people of Yahuwah. What an amazing time to live. Here's the fact. Here's the fact. Every, yes, every, every, yes, every, every single human being that ever lived is going to drink of Yahuwah's cup. Can I be clearer than that? Every single human being that ever lived is going to drink of Yahuwah's cup. Only the high priest of the order of Malkizedek has the right, the right, to change the content of the cup and serve it to his priests. That's it. Everybody that's ever lived, even you and I, are going to drink of Yahuwah's cup. But it is only Yahusha as the high priest under the Malkitzedic order that can intercede and mediate and change the content of the cup before it gets to your and mine lips and serve it to us, his priests. Everybody's going to drink. Everybody's going to drink. Drink down wrath or drink down the Malkitzedic priesthood. Those are your only choices. Those are your only choices. You either drink down wrath or you drink down the Malkitzedic priesthood. And then if you drink down the Malkitzedic priesthood, you experience his mercy and the mercy of that cup. There is no more options available to you or the rest of humanity. Look at verse 12. It's so powerful. Verse 12 of Nahum chapter 3. All your strongholds, they shall be like fig trees with ripened figs. If they are shaken, they shall even fall into the mouth of the eater. Behold, your people in the midst of you are women. The gates of your land shall be set wide open unto your enemies. The fire it shall devour your very bars. Verse 14. Draw waters for the siege. Draw waters for the siege. Fortify your strongholds. Mix the clay and tread the mortar. Make strong the very foundations. You see, Nineveh, she can draw waters from her wells, rivers, mounds and moats to try and build up her fortifications, her moats and rivers to try and strengthen her position. But what will happen? None will prevent the final outcome, will they? A multitude of riches and armies will not save Nineveh. A multitude of riches and armies will not save America. Because there shall the fire devour you. The sword shall cut you off. It shall eat you up like the locust. Because, because you have become like the crawling locust and multiplied like the swarming locust. Where does the locust come from? It comes from the deserts of Saudi Arabia and it blows westward. We are seeing the influence from the deserts of Saudi Arabia blowing westward, 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 affecting our politics, affecting, affecting our public health, affecting our very, very society. Nineveh, she can heap up defenders like locusts, but no number of them will prevent the final outcome. As a funeral dirge is now sung over doomed Nineveh, her wound is fatal. Does history record this to be true? This is a funeral dirge, and Nineveh's wound is fatal. 
Your shepherds slumber, verse 18, O king assure. Your nobles shall dwell in the dust. Your people are scattered upon the mountains, and no man gathers them. There is no healing of your injury. Your wound is grievous. All that hear the news shall clap their hands over you. For your wickedness, the Hebrew word there is ra'ah, has gone forth against every man continually. A clap of the hands and the whole earth breathes a sigh of relief. Look at Revelation 18 verse 12. Do we see that? Do we see that? Do we see that? Fallen, fallen is Nineveh, Babylon the great. Come out of her, my people, lest you partake of her sins, lest you share in her plagues, O Babylon. For in a single hour, in a single hour, your judgment has come. For in a single hour, all this wealth has been laid to waste. And all the shipmasters and seafaring men, sailors and all those trading on the sea, they stood off and they cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning. What city was like that great city, they shall ask. What city is like that great city? Here is a call of the endurance of the saints. And who are those saints of the Malkitzedic priesthood? They are a people called the twelve tribes scattered abroad who keep the commandments of Yahuwah and their faith in Yahusha. Levi. So in chapter 1 of Nahum, verse 11, we have an introduction of Ra'ah, evil. And now, three chapters later, in the 19th verse, we close our hymn. And what a hymn it is. In chapter 1, verse 11, we introduced Ra'ah, evil. And now, in chapter 3, verse 19, we close the hymn with Ra'ah. Evil. But it's not evil introduced. It is evil done away with. So this is the bookends of the prophetic vision. Chapter 1, verse 11, Ra'ah, evil is introduced. It builds, it builds, it builds. And chapter 3, verse 19 is the bookend. Ra'ah, evil is done away with. And in between that, is the course of history that is past, but it's your prophetic present. It is your prophetic present. To you who have an ear, let him hear what the Ruach says. Evil cannot stand before Yahweh's avenging wrath. Exodus chapter 34, verse 6, we find the ten attributes of Yahweh's character that will stand forever, and evil will have its just reward. Evil cannot stand up against the ten attributes of Yahweh. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it is written, Do not be deceived. Yahweh will not be mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. So it's really our time to reflect, to examine our deeds, to examine our purpose. Are your purposes pure? Are your purposes pure? Are they pure in Messiah? Or have they become corrupted by the world? Have they become the purposes of a pharaoh? Have they become the purposes of mystery Babylon? Have they become the purposes of Nineveh? Do you love this world? Or do you love Yahuwah, his commands in his righteousness. 
Because if they have become like the world, like Pharaoh, corrupted, like Nineveh, then the judgments of Nahum, of Nahum will fall upon those that choose the broad way that leads to destruction. We're all going to drink of the cup of Yahweh. It's only Yahusha as the Malkitzedic high priest that can change the content of the cup. It's really that simple. The more mature I get in the word, the more mature I get in the spirit, the simpler and more refined my faith comes in line with my first love. Yahushua, my all in all, is the only one that can change the content of the cup. The content of the cup. And it's all bound in his position as the one high priest of the mortar of Malkitzedek that has the authority to do that. To do that. I can't begin to tell you how thankful I am for you all here and for you all online and what's happening with Torah to the tribes worldwide. It's so humbling and it is, it's truly an amazing adventure. We've seen this ministry grow and change so much over the past year, so much. We've had our trials, but we've had a hundredfold increase and that's truly a witness to me as I stand here broadcasting to the nations from our brand new facility here on the 45th parallel in Salem, Oregon. This is a witness to his enduring mercy even when the trials come and the thorns prick. He has a plan and a purpose and we are a part of that. Yaakov, to the twelve tribes that are scattered abroad. Come out of her, my people, and come celebrate the Sabbath and the Feast of Yahweh with his people from all over the world. And with so many changes, I truly believe that Yahusha is changing the content of my cup. He's changing the content of of the cup of Torah to the tribes and I pray that he's changing the content of your cup your cup and I pray that we can all see that together as we travel to the feasts of Yahuwah to the Sabbaths of Yahuwah whether it's through the online audience our online groups or here in person but Yahuwah is expanding his kingdom and he's gathering in his saints. So no matter what you're going through, Yahushua has the power to change the content of your cup. Drink him down and receive the blessings of multiplicity. Amen? Amen. We may have some online questions and we're going to get that uh, microphone over there and uh, see if uh, what a blessing to be back and have the fellowship, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. All right, we've got a question here. It says, if we as children of truth can go on with building houses for our income to get out of, should we get out of the government? Like government benefits, pensions for the elderly? She is wondering, do we stay in government system or do we get out? Well, that's an excellent, excellent question. We are in the world, but not of the world. Okay? So, you definitely, your security and your treasures are in heaven, are in Yahuwah. And I believe that, like Galatians, Paul says to the Galatians, why, if you've been set free, would you make yourself an indentured servant and a slave again? You who've been set free, why do you put yourself back into bondage? Get out of debt. First thing, try and get out of debt. Try and save up some resources, whether that be hard cash or some kind of commodities. 
get some food, get some provisions in. And you know what? When they were in Egypt and they were getting ready to leave Egypt, they plundered the Egyptians. If you can plunder the Egyptians legally and plunder them, the government legally, and, you know, take advantage of what is being offered, plunder. But don't depend upon that. Don't depend on Medicare. Don't depend upon a, a pension that's being dished out called Social Security. Put your treasure in heaven and then be wise in your stewardship of your life here on earth. But I, I'm saying, hey, if, they, if they're going to give you the treasures, then take them. But don't depend upon it because Social Security is not going to be there for much longer. The, the, you know, if you've got all your money in the stock market, then you're in, you've got troubles. Okay, if, 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 if you've got enough water to last you for a day, then you're in trouble. If you've only got enough food to last you for three days, then you're in trouble. Make provision. If you have the opportunity to get out of the cities, then great. Because, you know, those FEMA camps, they're going to come to a town near you soon. Question. That's it. Well, that's a prophetic vision of Nahum to the nations. And Abba, we thank you for your word that truly changes our life. I thank you, Abba, for our time today. Baruch haba habashem. Yahuwah, blessed is he who comes in the name of Yahuwah. And I'll see you, Yahuwah willing, next Shabbat, three o'clock, live stream. Bless one another and go out there and propagate the word of truth to the nations. Amen.